That was Menos Kafatos, uh, PhD from MIT in quantum physics, but obviously somebody uh, very deeply interested in spirituality. Extremely bright guy, and uh, you know, guy like him goes to MIT, total brainiac, uh, you know, very <laughs> analytical. Uh, I guess there's a lot of folks uh, like him that uh, get uh, absorbed in spirituality. And, and obviously, he doesn't see a conflict. I wonder if some people do. Uh, <coughs> interesting. Yeah, you know, but fewer and fewer over t uh, time. And But there's always people who have, you know, see uh, the uh, in their minds, you know, there's sort of people who are scientists and uh, they somehow don't see the difference between spirituality and religion. And so in their mind, there's always going to be a split between, you know, belief systems like religion that, you know, require faith and mythology of, you know, uh, made up history and all the things they see, superstition and the objective world of, of uh, scientists. But more and more people understand spirituality to be something different from that. And, and the truth is, I sometimes wonder, if you look back at the history of things, you know, he talked about looking up at the stars as a child in Greece. I have actually heard that from um, people who are ministers and rabbis that their first sort of glimpse that there was something vast and mysterious in life was, you know, looking up at the starry night. And, and some of them became physicists and some of them became scientists. And right. I, I sometimes think that the average person thinks there's more of a difference, you know, more of a separation between the two than actual scientists. Right. Do. Right. Uh, I mean, I remember as a kid looking at the sky and thinking, uh, how, how, you know, it must end, everything ends, but if it ends, what's after that? And then I think I was told uh, how I was satisfied with that, that, that question was the human mind is, is incapable of comprehending all of that. So then I started thinking there was something more, and I don't know how it affected me, but it was something I gave thought to. Uh, you mentioned the author of the Tao of Physics, I believe. Yeah, correct? Well, what was his name? Fritjof Capra. Yeah. Yeah. They were at a, I was at a conference once, and I was actually hosting Brian Josephson, who is a Nobel laureate in, mm, in yeah. physics. And I remember, uh, and when I say hosting, I was just showing him around the, from one place to another on campus. But uh, w at one point uh, uh, in the dining hall where we were, uh, uh, the author comes in and uh, Brian Josephson looked at him and said, hey, I read your book. And he said, I disagree with certain things. And I got into a discussion and I wish I had taped it or remembered what they said. Uh, but they went back and forth for quite a while. You mean that was Capra? Capra and, yeah, and Brian Joseph. And Brian Joseph. Wow, yeah. that would have so been great. So it was uh, an all-star uh, discussion. And, and quite frankly, that was like uh, in the 70s. And I don't recall uh, much of the conversation. But yeah. I, do, I remember it being uh, spirited and, uh, and, and interesting. And, and like, uh, uh, like it was said in the interview here uh, by Manos that... Uh, uh, you know, uh, Kafka, uh, Kafka, what was his name? Ka Capra. Capra was way ahead of his time. He was yeah. thinking about these things. It was the first guy that I know that wrote about it. Since then, there have been dozens of books along those lines. And, and I think it's inevitable that uh, this discussion about uh, science and, uh, and spirituality, spirituality will continue. Well, you know, 
in American Veda, I, I have a chapter on science. And one of the things I think that the uh, introduction of what we, we, what we call Hindu and Buddhist um, philosophies and, and, and the practices that, that go with them um, are one of the things they've done is given people a different way of looking at the universe than Western religion did. And people like Capra were among the first to see, oh, my, look at the cosmology I'm getting from these Hindu texts and these Buddhist texts and the way of understanding the universe and our place in it is much more compatible with modern science than people realize. This, right. this may be the bridge between right. the two. And the truth is it goes back a lot further than that. There were you know, people uh, in the late 19th century uh, who were reading uh, Upanishads and, and uh, the Buddhist cosmological texts and seeing the same thing long before there was right. quantum physics. Right. You know, so um, there are always the visionaries who get that and, and others uh, come along. Right, later. and there were, there were only so many people that had a background in quantum physics and also read uh, ancient uh, 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 Hindu texts. Right, uh, right. On, on the other hand, now there are so many uh, folks of Indian origin uh, uh, that yes. are going into to, uh, into physics. But then again, not all of those folks uh, spent time reading the, the books of their tradition. No, that's like true. The many, West, so there's, you know, many people in India are just as secular and just as close to uh, the spirit, uh, life of spirit as uh, people in the West can be. But nevertheless, uh, I think there's a better, uh, the odds are better that they would have had some influence right. from those. those right, uh, right. And, and uh, the, the other question, I mean, the other question I'd still like to discuss with him, I'd like to get Deepak back on to discuss with him, was this thing of, you know, uh, 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 conscious awareness existing or awareness existing without the brain. Yeah, and the examples yeah. he used from sleep and all didn't really completely answer, for me, answer that question. I think of what it comes down to is belief. I think it comes down from intuitive or internal experience that people have that I don't yeah, know but, that science that, would ever look can, at. But yeah. that can be looked at scientifically. I mean, uh, I think one of the things that's changed since uh, Fritz Capra's uh, time, just before <coughs> 40 years or so, is there's a lot more evidence for um, what we uh, think of as transcendence or the, the pure consciousness uh, experience of uh, people experiencing in their own internal uh, meditative practice or just spontaneously that a consciousness can exist um, and does exist independent of thought. And when people have more of that kind of experience, you know, if you, if you investigate those experiences systematically, it becomes part of a, a scientific body of evidence. Right. Well, and well, I think, that's, yeah, I, I think that you could prove that, uh, a person could have the experience of awareness without thought, and there could be a physiological basis for that. There was a lot That's of TM, other research done on that. Uh, but I don't think uh, you'll ever be able to scientifically prove that once the body, the brain has stopped, has ceased functioning, that there is an awareness that, uh, that exists uh, uh, without that brain. 
uh, functioning. Maybe someday when the instrumentation. You and, never and, know. And, but, but yeah, but I think at this point, uh, and that's why sometimes I was wondering why Deepak so strongly, so confidently stated it. Uh, I mean, I think it's the belief of a lot of people. I hope it's true. Uh, but I, I don't <laughs> see how science uh, can't can prove that because let's face it, all brains stop working after a while. Well, well the but, best of brains, yeah. Yeah, they do. And at the same time, science, look at how scientific instrumentation has evolved. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what's coming Absolutely. up 20 years from now, 50 years from now. There, there may be, it may be entirely possible to do the kind of uh, repeatable experiments that would be unimaginable now. Right. But the other thing is the definition of what constitutes a uh, useful and reliable scientific experiment may change. Right. Like it doesn't have to be a machines. It doesn't have to be. I mean, it's just science is a is a set of procedures for right. arriving at at, at right. And, and because science has existed and has dominated uh, uh, the pursuit of knowledge for so many centuries, there's something will replace science I, at some point. And, and it may be science plus something else. It may have to do with the instrumentation that develops now with artificial intelligence. Uh, 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 being developed, uh, who knows? Actually, yep. Phil, at some point, I would love to find somebody that could talk about spirituality and artificial intelligence, because the more I read about artificial intelligence, the scarier it gets. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm sure I, I don't need to be scared, but it's a fascinating area. It's the future. And obviously, uh, maybe that will make uh, even spiritual spirituality will become... Uh, a, a more common topic for for scientists because uh, you know what con constitutes a human being uh, uh, and what constitutes something that's artificial and not alive uh, consciousness a, a, a subject for another day but uh, yes yeah. and 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 then for all for all we know you and I may be just artificial intelligence and we don't know it well one of us could be. And the other, I mean, I, I think the difference between a human being and an artificial intelligence as a human being is self-reflective. But I really don't know that anybody else is self-reflective other than me. And uh, you right. might be asking yourself the same question. I don't know. But it, it's, <laughs> I, I guess, uh, for people that love philosophy and this sort of thing, well, it's fascinating. But, the average uh, mentally healthy person probably doesn't worry about it like, uh, other, like some people do. Well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's let people read... Uh, Deepak's and Menas's book, You Are the Universe, and um, I'm sure they're explaining these things a lot better than you and I are. Great. All right. All Until right. Until next time, Phil. Take care.